Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the One Day at a Time podcast. Um, someone mentioned in the WhatsApp group that they love the One Day at a Time mentality. And I remember a conversation I had actually with um, one of our members a few years ago. I think, uh, who was it? Maybe it was Jackie, maybe it was Shreya. Um, I think it was Jackie. Um, they were saying that they didn't quite get this One Day at a Time mindset. And I was explaining to them, there's not much to get about it. It's simply that if you can focus your um, activity and your thought process and everything on today from now till bedtime, what can I do from now till bedtime? Because we can think about things we've got to do for the rest of our lives. Humans are weird, right? We can think. Think about this. We can think about what's going to happen to us after we die. We actually are concerned about this. Some people are concerned about their legacy, what they leave behind, their name, their reputation, right? A lot of people actively work towards making sure their name lives on beyond their death. And this is something we can do. We can extract ourselves out of the now and we can really push ourselves all the way forward to infinity and then we can go all the way back in the past. And on this continuum of time, this is where a lot of pain happens. A lot of anxiety kicks in. A lot of like what ifs come in. A lot of wasted energy, really. A lot of procrastinating, daydreaming, that type of stuff. A lot of kicking ourselves. And it happens on that continuum. But when we say to ourselves, you know what? I'm just going to do what I can till, till bedtime. What can I do now? What's the one key thing i got to do today? You know, I haven't been tracking my calories and protein. I haven't been tracking. I haven't been getting my steps in. I haven't done any workouts yet. Like, uh, I'm frustrated. It's like, okay, what's one of those things today that's going to make it a better day. Sometimes it might be a workout, you know. You might be like, after a workout, I get an endorphin rush. Sometimes it's like, I'm just going to track today, you know. Some people, you'll say, I'm going to track, but then you end up getting your steps in, and then you end up doing a workout as well, because things start compounding, you know. Like there's, in James Clear's Atomic Habits and in Tiny Habits, there is a kind of fork in the road when it comes to the morning, that there's a specific activity all of us do, that if we do it daily, it tends to take us down the good path, for that day that we build momentum on it, right? So for some people, if they don't get their morning walking or their morning workout in or their morning reading, their day tends to go the other way. But once they do those things in the morning, the day tends to go in a, in a good direction, right? And I don't know what it is for you, but there's definitely something there, right? So this one day at a time, and then you speak to Jack and you say, I get it now. Now I get it. And it's kind of like sometimes it takes time, but I think... It is important that we do focus on today. You know, this, it, is, it is the only day you can act. You can plan the best workout program next week. You can plan to eat the best tomorrow. You can plan to do anything you want. You can plan to start a business next week or to do this next week. You can plan anything in the future. It's a procrastination mechanism, right? You can only act now. And that's really the secret is the action is the results, right? Really, you can't. You can't change if you're not changing your actions day to day. Um, and this kind of wisdom has been passed down over the years, <clears throat> over the ages. It's been it's been around since the ancient times up until today. And, you know, this it's because it's useful. It's because it's true. And I think a lot of people realize this, like living in the present. You see, you read this all the time. There's, there's many books about this. There's a book called The Power of Now, for example, that kind of delves into this. And there's, there's, there's books that go into this in a deep way. But for our, like, for our practical purpose, when you can just focus on doing one thing, the anxiety of doing multiple things kind of washes away. 
and that's why we do it and that's why we focus on it anyway i thought i'd share that because some people might be like yeah but i got a plan you it doesn't mean you don't plan for the future of course you need to do plans and stuff it's just about not dwelling too much on the plans and being an action taker instead much better to be an action taker right um so i'm going to cover a study today uh does exercise reduce non-exercise activity so there's calories burned through exercise so if you look at this over a week now now we look at it over a week as opposed to a day uh, because you know some days you might walk more, some days you might walk less. Maybe you'll have two workouts a week or three workouts a week. In the grand scheme of a week, it doesn't really make much of a difference if you do what two workouts a week or three workouts a week. Hell, even even two workouts to four or five workouts, right? Because you're only going from one to three to four percent of your waking hours in the gym or doing exercise. But really, what the question is is that we burn calories for exercise. Say that's five percent of your calories burned throughout the week, and then you burn between, you know, 10, sometimes 5, up to 30 to 40% of your calories uh, over the week from your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity. This is just standing up, uh, moving about, walking, cleaning, fidgeting, um, anything you do this like movement that's not exercise, right? Um, and you'll notice, like, there's a lot of people, when they drink coffee or have food or whatever, you can see they're radiating energy, they're buzzing. They're, they're on the move all the time. They can't stop. They're always moving, right? And you're like, oh, look how much energy they got. Yeah, they, they're, they're subconsciously moving a lot and fidgeting a lot. And they're, they're burning a lot of energy doing this throughout the entire day. You've got to think of this as throughout the entire day. They're like really, you know, hyperactive, we'd say. Back, you know, when you have those, when you're in school and you have kids that just can't sit still, right? So, you know, there's these like subconscious behaviors we do. And this research wanted to look at if you do exercise, does your non-exercise movement subconsciously reduce? Right? I'm not saying you're consciously reducing it, but some people do. They go, I've had a workout now, I'll sit on the couch all day. You know, I was in a workout, that's enough. And that's not how, how it works. But there is a compensatory effect that happens, right? And in this study, they looked at it. So it's called energy compensation, right? So when you exercise, you expect your total energy expenditure to increase by the number of calories you burned in your workout, right? This is what a lot of people think. They think, I've burned 350 calories in that workout, so I've burned 350 calories more today, right? And your Apple Watch or whatever might say it, and even though it's not that accurate in calories burned, apps like MyFitnessPal will say, hey, eat back those calories now, right? You can eat back those calories because, one, we think they're accurate, and two, that's what you should do. Right, and this is a big problem. This is a big problem. So the research team behind that, behind the finding, they found that 72% of the calories show up in your total daily energy expenditure. So say now I burned 100 calories from workout today. My fitness part of that, I say, you can eat that back. But actually only 72 calories have been um, net uh, burned extra, not 100. It's not 100%, it's 72%. Right, so what happens here is they 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 call it energy compensation, where your basal metabo uh, metabolic rate slows down in response to increased physical activity, and you also move less unconsciously, right, or deliberately, in the hours or even days after a workout. Think of this: you go to a workout, you go say they're a PT class, and they 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 kill you. You are dying in this workout. You can't move after it. You think that was horrible. Right, you are now 
you are so um, worn out that you need to eat. Afterwards, you're like, I need something. I need, I need water. I need all. I need fruit. I need everything, right? And I've been lasted loads of times after training. And you eat and you eat and you eat because you're so low on energy. You wake up the next day, you can't move. You're stiff. You're in pain. You're in DOMS. DOMS are, you know, they're there for two or three days. You, you've never felt pain like this in your legs before. You're not moving much on those next three days. You feel sometimes a bit of a flu symptom because you are so inflamed. You feel like, wow, what the hell has happened? Right? This is where a lot of people go down. A lot of people go to uh, these worker classes if they get pushed to the pushed to the end, and it ends up affecting you for days, and your your total energy output goes down because you're so stiff and tired, and that's not really where we want to be. Obviously, we want to push ourselves sometimes, but we want our workouts to gradually increase that they're manageable and they're not really impairing our energy out, right? So it's important that we look at this and. When they looked at more reviews of the study, they said that 16 of the 24 studies they looked at found a decrease in non-exercise physical activity in response to exercise. So basically, more studies did, right? So it's important to notice, like if you, you know, what we don't think about when we do workouts is we don't think about, well, if I'm going to do start doing three, four, five workouts a week, I need to start thinking, one, I'm not going to burn as many calories as I think, two, how hard are they? Because I probably would be stiff for days and my total energy expenditure goes down. And three, my hunger levels will shoot up after these workouts because I'm going to be so tired that my I'm going to be quite ravenous, actually. And these kind of go against your goals of fat loss. Now, <clears throat> this isn't to say you shouldn't work out when you're trying to lose weight. No way. But it's not something you have to do to start with. Like, nothing is permanent here. You don't have to jump in and do all of these things at once. If you just want to focus on your energy intake, right, and you want to focus on eating your calories and protein and steps, that, those three together, mega powerful. You can just do those. Get them right. Get those going for weeks, maybe months. Then start incorporating some strength training. And it's like two workouts a week, and it's something easy and manageable for you right? You do that for a few months, you're feeling stronger, then you go, I don't know, I might do a, a weekly class or something, like where they, it's more high intensity stuff, and I'll give that a go. And you do that once a week, and it, it doesn't push you to, you know, the brink, but you really enjoy it. And you build up, there's no rush into all this stuff. When you rush into doing, trying to do all these things, you just get worn out, get chewed up and spat out, it's not good. You're going to be like, oh, I'm feeling terrible. And I, this is what happens to a lot of people I speak to. They, they go all out, right? So, if fat loss is your goal, you've got to remember that sometimes exercise makes it more difficult because you're hunger and you're not going to burn many calories that you think. Please don't look at your watches and go, I've burned 450 calories today and then start second-guessing your deficit and your total calories burned that week and my calories right. Your calculation for your energy your calorie targets are based on your weekly average. So you're put into segments. You're not, it's not, not much changes from two workouts to four workouts. If your job is still on a desk, you're literally sitting down all day. You moving for two to three hours a week is not going to change your the segment you're in. It just doesn't. That's, just, that's not how it works. If you went from a desk worker to a construction worker and you're moving bricks all day, 
uh, got a massive change in your energy expenditure. You are going to be burning way more calories, right? So you've got to be honest with ourselves. I'm a desk worker. I, you know, when we look at the average person, right? We 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 sleep, we wake up. Some people will um, sit down again on the couch, maybe until they go to work, or they will drive to work for an hour. They'll get to work. They'll sit on a desk. And they'd be on the desk for about seven hours. And at lunchtime, they're still on the chair. They're not really going for a walk. They drive home. They move about for a bit. And then they're on the couch six till nine before bed, literally sitting down all day. Yeah? That's the lifestyle. Some people might be a bit different where maybe they're on their feet for another hour or two a day. But it's not much of a difference, right? You've got to start thinking of how different your lifestyle has to be to be moving up in the segment of going from a low activity person to a moderately act- active person. And that's why 10,000 steps is a good place to start. It could be 8,000, it could be 7, it could be 10, it could be 12. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, because it gives you a certain step. Like, you can't cheat the step count. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've you got to move to get those steps in. And that's movement saying you're, you're on your feet. You're moving about. You're a bit more active. Some people do 20,000 steps, you know? That's a more of an indication that you're more active than that you're doing a starting to do two or three workouts a week, right? That's why steps, in that sense, is more important for fat loss than the workout you're doing, um, which is true, right? So these are things to think about. Another thing to think about as well is like, there's a difference between fat loss and weight loss. I've had a few questions. People are like, I'm losing weight. I'm, I'm great. I'm not losing weight. What's going on? So... Your calories you're given, I put you in a, a roughly a 500 calorie deficit. The app will automatically change your target. So in, my, in, in some weeks, you might have, your deficit might have dropped to two, 250 to 350, 400. Then your calories get adjusted and it goes back to around the 500 range. Unless you're very, very short, your deficit's going to be a bit smaller. So for you, when you gain, if, you're, if you genuinely are honest and hitting your targets, right, and you are, you know most of the weight of your food, maybe you're, even if you don't, you, you are, you're doing a good guess of it. Um, if your weight's going up and you're hitting your targets and steps, you're not gaining fat, right? If you get worried about this, you still think you're gaining fat. This is the first thing to get. Once you see the truth of this, there's no going back. You can't go, you can't be worried about your weight going up, Right? when you know it's not fat. You only get worried that your weight's gone up on the scale from day to day because you think it could be fat. But if your targets have been hit and your steps have been hit and your weight's gone up, fine. Water, your body is 60 to 70% water, right? If you don't drink enough water, for one, you can hold on to more water subcutaneously. So you, you, you eat the food, your bowel movements might be slower. You might not be peeing frequently. You're holding more of this food in. Like, for example, if you drink a 500 ml bottle of water, that's 500 grams of weight you've just added to your body. If you drink one litre of water, you've just added one kilogram of weight to your body. Right? That's not fat. That's just one kilogram of water has been added. Right? Um, when it comes to how do you hold on to less water... There's a lot of tactics here that people use. You know, when it comes to weight um, weight categories in fighting or in, in sports or whatever, you know, people trend, tend to drink more water. So their, their pee-in frequency goes up. <clears throat> they're holding less water in the body and they're holding on to less water subcutaneously. So even though it feels like counterintuitive, really, I'm going to drink more water, I should be weighing more because i got more water in me, it tends to get flushed out quicker. So you're holding on to less and then... You start realizing then 
when you drink more water, like two liters a day, that you might be holding on to less water and your weight starts moving down. And this is not fat loss. I'm never going to say, yeah, well done, you've now lost fat. No, you've just, you know, hold on to less water. And because water is such a big percentage of your body, you can see some quite radical changes in your body, in your total body weight here. But there's no need to manipulate this in a sense. Drinking two liters of water is good, is fine. There's no need to go to and drink five, six, seven, eight liters just to get an even bigger, a bigger uh, impact. Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> patience is the name of the game, right? You need to think about this. You've been trying to lose weight for maybe decades, right? And you've, yeah, you might have lost weight before. You might have lost a lot of weight before and you put it back on. Because on this journey you went on, you didn't learn the tools. You didn't become the person you needed to be that didn't ping pong back and forth between weight. You didn't become a scientist. You didn't learn anything. You simply wanted to lose weight at all costs. And you did that, but the costs are dear. And the costs mean you're going to bounce back, right? And you've probably lost muscle mass on the way as well, which isn't great. So you've got to think of these things. Like on this journey you're going now, slow and steady, the frustration you feel from the weight not coming down instantly within a week or two and really not baking into your brain that it's likely just water weight, these are the challenges you need to overcome. They need to become part of your character as a person. You need to be able to steady yourself and be still and be calm in this chaotic part of the day for you because loads of things flood the brain. The old conditioning from Slimming World or Weight Watchers, this person said this, this person said that, I read about this diet, that diet. All of these things come and swarm in and try and, they basically come and attack you and they try and, switch, they try and swing you away from your calmness and then you start panicking and then you start thinking, this isn't working, I should be losing, no, no, there should be, and you catastrophize. And before you know it, you're in a full-blown worry. You've cancelled the app You've gone, oh, it's not working. You've you've gone nuts. You've gone online. You've bought some juicer or whatever, and you're going to do this. I'm going to go back to what I did before because I worked. I lost loads of weight doing a juice only diet. I'm going to go back to this. Silly. Obviously, you're not going to work. You've just, yes, you lost weight with it before, but it, you didn't. You, you did it through essentially eating no calories and just, you know, starved yourself. And you didn't do it in a slow and steady way. So... When you have these moments of panic or worry, they, these are part of the process to really look at them, be patient with them, look at what's actually happening, look at why you're feeling pulled in by these things. And they're, they're just part of your thoughts and they're just part of your memory. You can't really get rid of your memory. You can choose sometime. You, but you can't choose really to de delete a memory, can you? Like some memories just pop out of nowhere. So these memories you've had from these old clubs and these old you know, diets have done, they're, they're always going to pop into the brain. It's how you manage them. So you look at them. You know, this is why stoicism is so important on this journey. It's like, it's not the things that disturb us. It's not my memory that disturbs me. It's my opinion about the memory that does. It's not the weighing skills number that disturbs me. It's my opinion about the weight and the skills that does disturb me. You know, that, that that's really the, where the power lies. And you have to become a person that doesn't get swung into the storm with these things. That's the way you break free from this diet culture conditioning. It's the only way to break free. It's this patience, right? It's doing the right thing. It's being cool and calm and steady, being collected in these moments of chaos. That's where the power is. And I promise you, once you've got that, no daily increase in the weighing skills is going to impact you. 
no, oh, I've had, I've, I've gone over my calorie. I've had, I've had a weekend of celebrations. Like, I've ruined it. No, you, you know, you, you haven't gained much from that. You might have gained 0.2 pounds of fat. It doesn't disturb you. You understand the numbers. You're logically thinking about these things, but we're not very logical thinking overall. I would say is part of the problem we are we are in. So think about that. Think about that. Being cool amongst the chaos. Stillness is the key, as they say. And um, this journey becomes one of of interest to you. Then you become a scientist, and these obstacles become things you want to look through and work through. And it actually becomes fascinating in a sense. Get fascinated by how the brain works and how all of this comes together. So remember the lessons from today. <clears throat> My voice is gone. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> Every time I compete, so I've done two jiu-jitsu competitions now. I did one in January. I won that one, and I got, and then I did one last weekend, and it was a big one. And I got silver. But I noticed that because I put because of the cardio was so tough that my um, my voice goes weirdly after them. Yeah, I don't know why that is. It's probably something to do with like my lungs collapsing or something. <laughs> my lungs being inflamed or something like that. But I have noticed this, but it's a bit strange. Um, but I tell you what, you got to be calm in the chaos in a in a in a in a martial arts fight. It's something I've learned a lot. You know, you can learn all all the moves you want, but it's about being able to apply them when you're face to face with some danger, face to face with something that's trying to take you away. It's similar, it's a similar thing to the, this whole food stuff. You know, um, can you can you remain calm and take what you've learned from this journey so far and apply it in the moment when no one's watching? or when people are there, whatever, and apply the right things. That's really what it's all about. But have a good day. Get your one big thing done, and I'll speak to you all soon.